0: Good morning, Mayberry is brought to you by Amass Studio LLC.
1: This episode was recorded on September eighth, twenty twenty-two, with Dr. Larry Lyons. Welcome back, Dr. Larry. Good morning,
0: Mayberry. Humans are now viewed as beacons in these campaigns by human personalities, are no um, and they, you know they may or may not have a flicker of humanity but they're
1: today to draw us inward to the product. Good morning, Mayberry. Happy holidays. It is Christmas. Right now, today, while I am recording this intro, the episode that you're about to listen to was recorded on September 8th, 2022. Before we get started, free Sam Maloney and abolish conduct-related NDAs. More on that in another episode. Right now, I want to focus on this particular conversation. Me and Dr. Larry Lyons, a.k.a. Pastor Calvin from Peacock's miniseries, The Best Man, The Final Chapters, are here talking about relationships, legacy, parasociety, society and consuming and operating in the entertainment industry. This episode was recorded a day before Operation Superstructure Skydive with Melanie Carlson, aka Mystifying, which was the previous episode that just came out before this one. There are some questions that we ask in this episode that actually got answered in the episode that came out prior to this one, but this is my show and I can do whatever I want. Uh, And time isn't real. So I cut this particular episode here into two parts and decided just today on this fine Christmas that the second half of the conversation is actually part one and the beginning of the conversation is part two. Welcome to my show. Please join me while I can and will continue to do whatever I want. Again, keep in mind, this conversation was recorded a day before the previous episode, Operation Superstructure Skydive with Mystifying, aka Melanie Carlson, answers several questions that Larry and I ask here. Now, I meant for this episode to be out last month, and I'm not going to tell you all of the details of what happened right now that caused the delays, because it is truly a story worthy of its own several episodes that are coming out soon. Before we dive in, the short story that I will give you, is that i have been going through it right around when this episode you're about to listen to was recorded i met alexa nicholas and i joined the eat predators movement the timing of this recording and release aligning with the time that i spent pouring myself into what i thought was an authentic movement and then finding out that things are not exactly what they were marketed to be through several outlets but mainly ethan millman at rolling stone alexa nicholas herself shamelessly lying in interviews all over the internet m pave putting alexa nicholas center stage giving her an award various misleading things i'm not getting into all the details of this story in this episode but i want to notate it right now that some of these things will come up again and i will have more details to flesh out and help you understand what i'm even talking about right now i want to notate it now because i said certain things in this recording that make me feel like I have been divinely summoned to face the profound pain that Alexa put me through. And frankly, I regret nothing. But enough about that for now. I have plenty of content that's gonna be releasing over the coming weeks and months to make sense of all of that that I just said to you. If you're following me on social media, you may have a sense of what has gone down over the last couple of months, but I have a lot of content coming about it with some very cool people we've got some exciting plans for next year and i regret nothing let's set that down now also i have a lot of britney spears content coming your way i am going to say right now i am deeply disappointed in so many people for the ways that britney's health is being discussed in the public eye and i am sick of ableism and demands for private medical and situational info to be released and i am generally tired of the fucking ridiculous infighting in the justice for britney slash free britney scene her life is not our show uh whatever is happening she deserves our love and acceptance and that's all i'm gonna say about it for now without further ado let's listen to part one of a holy legacy with dr larry lyons featuring cancel culture club Whatever the family is, whatever the social scene is that you grow up in, even if you are very different from those things, there's a through line of stuff that comes with you in your character. There's programming that happens. Appealing to people's emotions over logic is a faster way to get what you want, even if you're right. Mm -hmm. But none of us who are wandering around outside of people who are entrepreneurs or folks that are trying to work in marketing or start a brand of some kind, people, people are totally unaware of why these things work the way that they work and how new they are, frankly, too. Like, Bernaysian marketing is not that much older than the credit score system, like, considering all things.
0: Right, but the human capacity to... um, sigh and sulk until you get your partner to inquire what's wrong with you is... You know, as old as time, right? Like there's <laughs> there are elements built into our bodies that enable us to to activate the empathy of others. Um, so it's it's not about the the new way that there's a, a marketplace that thrives based on those mechanisms, but really um the 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 reason that those could resonate at all is because there's something built into our relationality that knows. That things need to be moved and, and done and shifted.
1: That was an amazing, people. that was a really brilliant juxtaposition. <laughs> nice. I don't know what I said. <laughs> uh, you, co- you compared Bernays- the history of Bernaysian technology's psychological manipulation right into sighing and sulking until our partner notices that something's wrong. And <laughs> it was great. It's
0: an indelicate formulation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah amazing um yeah and that really uh it all cycles back into that celebrity relationship especially post 2020 i I have become more frustrated uh than i was before with celebrities exploiting the parasocial relationship uh especially if i heard them talking at all through 2020 and 2021 if they were effectively on lockdown in some way um because the uh how do I want to say this? Like the, the ability to completely throw their own ethics under the bus, Mm. um, both directions, because all of the sudden, wow, I have been on tour for so long. I didn't even realize how much like exhaustion and waste was going into my career. And maybe I want to reevaluate everything that I'm doing. And wait a second, what people are starting to plan concerts again. I can just go get vaccinated and then I can plan my tour and tell my fans to go get vaccinated and they can come too. Okay, let's do that. And then, as far as I remember, COVID numbers went up right after that. Uh, I think if I recall correctly, there was nothing really actual about that being a safe plan, but those people got to do that. And everybody, I was looking at concerts too. I was like, maybe I do want to go out. Maybe I do want to do it this way. Um, my life, my disastrous life carried the ground fell out from under me. So it didn't matter which direction I wanted to walk in. I was just going down for a few months until I figured out how to fly. But, uh, yeah, I think my vantage on things and the fact that I became absolutely obsessed with celebrity podcasts and then so many celebrities are like, well, I don't even know what I am now. I don't know how to – what do you mean I can't go on – I literally watched Catherine Zeta-Jones get on live on Instagram with a glass of wine, and I can't remember if it was a little white cat or a little white dog that was trying to get out of her lap so bad while she just was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. That was the okay. American
0: consumer. She had the American consumer in her lap. Oh, my God. And, and it was trying to escape, but she wouldn't let it. Oh, my
1: God.
0: You <laughs> <We> just <laughs> yeah. want to be healthy and social distance. No, you'll stay here in my lap.
1: Wow, well, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip watching people insist upon re-engaging parts of life that weren't really working before because they don't know what else to do?
0: Uh, well, Stockholm.
1: Um. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I wish I had my camera on. I should be visible right now. <laughs> at least for you. My face is so... It's everywhere doing all of it. <laughs> but yeah, I I just
0: feel like again, this, the, the pejorative that, uh, parasocial relationality has taken on, uh, it, it stands upon is supported by, you know, this notion that we're becoming increasingly lonely rather than becoming more selective. Wow. Um, Ooh. and, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating either way. I'm just, I think that it's an interesting formulation. Um, because to, to say that, you know, uh, Celebrities and the kind of folks that were on the um, the higher end of the parasocial relationship, mm-hmm. um, we are bearing witness to their loneliness and vulnerability in ways um, that are both moving and uh, that that inspire our cynicism. Like, well, is, is this authentic? Is this for likes? We don't know. Mm. But what we do know is that like humans are now. Be- Used as beacons in these campaigns, like human personalities mm. are the new billboards, um, and the, you know they may or may not have a flicker of humanity, but they're used to to draw us inward toward a product. Mm. But I'm, I'm I'm not I am not suspicious of the fact that we respond to it. I'm not suspicious yeah. of the fact that we still want to connect in a variety of ways and increasingly ways that we want to control ourselves. Right. So, you know, we're no longer only beholden to the tyranny of our blood relations and the houses that we go to for holidays, but we can also now be mistreated by brands and <laughs> human beacons, mm. which wow. is may not be progress, but, you know, it, it honors the complexity <laughs> of humanity.
1: And how, yeah, well, and, hmm, Oh my goodness! I have like ten different, ten different potential responses, and I can only <laughs> pick one. I may not. I may oh. not be able to get it. Oh, <laughs> hmm. wow! So many things to think and say. I feel like for myself, the fact that I was, I went through these cults, and like I, I mentioned, the abstinence and purity kind of stuff. My family was into like sheltering and and shunning and different things like that. Something about like I was mentioning that that thorough line when you're raised and whatever. Like there's stuff that comes mm-hmm. through. I could. I can apply the filter, the social and, um, like, uh, like media filtering systems that my families and the church scenes applied, um, the way that they arbitrarily did. I can apply it arbitrarily too. I'm incredibly good at keeping myself from noticing things or mm-hmm. like absorbing things. Or if I do get it in my system, um, kind of detoxing a really particular way or, uh, you know, maybe it gets in my mouth, but I don't swallow it kind of stuff. I didn't inhale. Uh, <laughs> where did that one come from? Speaking of things God, that God, are God. in my system. What's
0: oh, let's move along.
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to talk about the Clintons ever, but, um, okay. So, and this is, so right now I'm editing an episode. Uh, I got, um, one of the unions, uh, union leaders from Starbucks came on a few weeks ago and. Uh, one of the things he was talking about, Starbucks calls their employees partners. And yeah. so when, they, when the unions kicked up in 2020, they were basically like, well, we're partners, so they'll hear us, you know? And then Starbucks did the regular nonsense and just, they were like, we're not going to pay you more or fix the tiles in your stores or make sure that you got clean, sanitary, anything, anywhere, or whatever. Like, um, we'd rather pay... Uh, for people to go to hotels and suppress you then make sure that you, our employees, are able to take care of your own health needs and pay your rent and whatever, you know. So there's partners that
0: Partners in the sense of equality, partners right. in the historic sense as one I can exploit and, you know, commit acts of violence without the mm. law.
1: Wow, howdy partner. I see. There's <laughs> a difference. Yeah, there's a difference.
0: You know, My goodness.
1: Like yeah uh heck well and one of the things i had mentioned when i was talking to him is like starbucks must have done research to figure out that the word partner would be Mm -hmm. influential Mm -hmm. and somehow they think they can cut off the the psychological physics really there's inertia to this stuff and so it's oh my company's communicating with me in a human way. I'm an extra human type person, and that's why I would like to go to a place like Starbucks that might pay for my education and also look how wonderful they are and how they're inviting and blah, blah, blah. But then when you get there and find out that that's not a real language, that they only put that language out as incentive to get you to run and stand on top of their trap door... Uh, that can convert into all kinds of things. The hostility, the the way that a heart breaks when it realizes it's not being really authentically seen. I don't think that's any different in a personal relationship or like a corporate relationship or whatever it is. Like your heart breaks, your heart breaks If you feel unseen, you feel unseen. Like then you right. have to start doing more with that information. It's not like it just stops. They, it's like they think they can just take people to court convince them to take a settlement, sign an NDA. And I don't know if this is what Starbucks be doing. That's not a part of this story, but the idea of that uh, things are only going to go as far as I want them to go with this manipulation. You don't get to manipulate me back kind of energy. How dare you evolve to understand what I was doing to you and come up with being a different way so that I can't just manipulate and and, and uh, prey upon uh, prey upon your desire to have I mean, it's just really basic stuff. It's like just a conversation. Like just like regu- Like when you say something to somebody, people come up with agreements so that we know where we are. We we come up with labels for each other so that we know who we are. And so for anybody, whether that's a company, a celebrity, a brand, a celebrity's manager, PR people that have them so tightly wrapped around their finger or in fear that everything is going to fuck the glass house is going to fall onto them and cut them into little bitty bits and pieces. They get them to go out and regurgitate lines that are, maybe it started writing these lines from a position of authenticity, but then we have to figure out how to make that authenticity not really that authentic because we got to say it this way kind of thing. Then the celebrity themselves has to come up and tell a lie. Essentially Uh, this kind of stuff. Can't just persist. It's not going to continue going in the direction it's going. And eventually it's got to hit a critical mass. It's got to hit like an overdrive. It's a, there's a singularity effect where enough is enough. I think. I don't
0: know, though. I'm not convinced. I mean, I hmm. mean, aren't there so many ways to 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 have gains and, and release a little steam just to keep that system in place? Hmm. Aren't those yeah. kind of built-in?
1: Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see a potential where I am very wrong and, and misled, but I think... So part of it is that I can carry a certain degree of nihilism and remain baseline functional. Um, but if I really want to go into a mode where I am uh, effectively disruptive without creating health issues in myself... I have to do it from a position of not necessarily believing something's true, but believing something has the potential to be true. And, um, I mean, I just, tomorrow I've got somebody coming on to do a recording where, and this is a whole element that I'm not even, I'm not ready for all the information that's about to get dropped on me, but the way that Britney Spears Las Vegas residency, ties into the initiation of the conservatorship and the various players involved in all that. This person overtly, like, really kind of simplified everything because I was going on and, you know, I could be long-winded and say a bunch of crazy shit. I did that for a second, and then this person was like, well, yeah, these same people that are keeping her in the position she's in and manipulating a number of other celebrities are also the same people that are in a position to keep the living wage and the cost the, uh, the the cost of living and the uh, median wages are separate, right? Like these are the same financial players. They go to the same social scenes. They go to the same business people. They have the same advisors or they are the advisors kind of shit. And so that's where I'm like, all right, what does happen actually if enough of us on the ground get wind of these pieces of information? How many of them are even – steering that ship Uh, how long would it take to call every one of them out and get them distracted on needing to cover their ass or come up with a new plan Uh, and how many of these technologies are just really old and have never been updated because they didn't need to be but with the emerging like you know the the school of things or whatever like the internet of things or whatever like we've got like this meta school like people are just sharing information all kinds of different ways now I guess I just wonder what's possible with it. And I think it could all collapse in on itself and we could all die very terribly, like quickly. But also, I wonder if just in the nick of time, like maybe these monsters who made some of the worst media pieces in the world. But, you know, it's like a pattern of like a disaster movie with a bunch of propaganda in it or action movie with a bunch of propaganda in it. But right at the nick of time, like they climb out of the volcano and nobody dies or whatever. Uh, or the, the protagonist, don't die or whatever. Who's the protagonist? What's just in the nick of time? What are the actual threats? And like, I wonder what we're really in. Uh, a you know the the idea of like manifesting concepts into the world through art. Maybe they retold that story so many times of the underdog coming up that they actually are bringing about their own demise. That's dark. <laughs> Maybe I'm dumb as hell too. I don't know no, what I'm I mean, talking yeah,
0: about. Yeah, I also want to like engage with you in this like piece of fan fiction where we imagine how Britney can be that dark horse that you know existed as this perfect avatar of American decline, but then came through mm. um, to reveal the worst and enable the best.
1: Mm. I. Wonder how it could happen. One of the weirder parts of things with that story is just the end of the child support being next year, and how forty thousand dollars for free every month is no longer going to be a thing for King Fuckboy and his household.
0: I'm curious how many conservatorships um, are, are occur for men, and mm. I'm, I'm curious of how like the history of like hysteria and our like our Kind of yeah. collective misogyny around um, controlling young women's bodies um, enabled this, and I, yeah. I do that. I think you know it's an like definitely because I worked in maternal health for a few years recently. Brittany's story is so instructive. You know, it's, it's a cautionary tale about the ways that we blame feminists for going too far, but still enable to uh, the state and its actors to um, manipulate women in their bodies in, in, in such. Right. In just the most on-the-body way, like in the most visceral way.
1: Yo, yeah, visceral. Yeah, and it's interesting because the only situations I know of where men are targeted are uh, Kanye um, was at, at a pretty extreme risk of conservatorship and he managed to evade that and currently resides in a state that you have to be convicted by a jury to go into a mm-hmm. conservatorship. You can't just have a judge decide um, in a vacuum. And well, I don't know if he's currently living there, but he was up to a couple of months ago when I found out that information. Uh, and then the other one that I know of that um, uh, it, it's, it, there's a bit of controversy about whether it's a conservatorship or not, a contemporary guardianship or a conservatorship, but it's in the state of Florida where conservatorship is referred to as guardianship and it's legal, like, rhetoric games to pretend there's any difference. But Bam Margera, he's an odd situation in general. His parents have always handled his money and his estate and income. There's always been a bit of a handler team his entire life. Bam Margera from Jackass.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. He's the one that had a spinoff show where he would, like, beat the crap out of his dad or his parents would come home and he's ripped out the kitchen and put in a skate park. Yes. Yeah. So that's the only time I've ever heard of a guy, getting a white man, getting put into a conservatorship. Uh, I've, I've been looking for instances of this at a level of... You know, and this is where people have money because uh, generally conservatorships are applied to people who are not in a position where they can have or make their own money uh or they have aged through their um like active financial years and they have gotten into a position a condition in their old age where they've built up all of their finances but they're not able to manage them anymore um so i don't know and in a, in a circumstance i was personally involved in i had Uh, somebody in my life that I was asked to be his conservator um, but he was a profoundly physically disabled person who could not take care of himself under any circumstances he was very uh, cognizant and we were extremely close um, and I was asked by a series of people in his team to consider that Uh, it was a it was a really different type of situation and uh, these celebrity conservatorships are is essentially an industry of their own. So that's where things get weird. It's like black market behavior. It's human trafficking, but it happens. Part of the way that it has to occur is through publicizing its its presence, its existence.
0: Hmm. That... Um... That weird dynamic about the role that publicity plays reminds me of the other Britney story recently, Britney Griner. Mm, mm. Um, oh man! Hearing how you know she became a, a prisoner of the state essentially after that, uh, um, you know, marijuana I guess arrest. It was like a vape pen, but
1: she it was like um, yeah, like a cat, like the top of a, pa- a vape pen. I don't even think it was a whole one. It was just a cartridge, like a, a functional um, cartridge. Right? Yeah. Which but is I, it, it, I don't even know whose fault something like that could be or why it has to be a thing. But I'm like I'm gonna get my blood pressure going. You keep you keep talking, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just
0: um thinking about the Britney's in conjunction because of the mm. way um that as a, a women's basketball player that she was not did not have earning parity with the male players here and it, it seems that, you know, it becomes more profitable to be overseas. And to make your money as you know a top tier athlete where your skills are appreciated, but that as a a woman of color and as a, a queer woman made her more um, more of a target mm-hmm. and 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 less protected within the Russian um, you know prison system. Right. And so she, you know, her, you know, a lot of folks, you know, I don't, I don't know that her being targeted was about her race per se. I, I think that was. More about uh, nationality, but it, it is it should be observed that um, it is a particularly more dangerous situation for her as a queer woman of color than it would be for other um, Americans who have found themselves in her position, in um, and their their plight becoming an, an issue of national interest, and that's that's where the the publicity piece comes in because initially Brittany's family, uh, Brittany Griner's. Um, not family, but her camp, including um, her partner, were keeping it um, quiet um, and and trying to, you know, wait things out and negotiate things quietly. And then there was some moment in the handling of the case where that turned and there was um, appeals made for the public to be louder about their demands. And and that um, can't necessarily be said to be a winning strategy because what's going on is... Um, if the American public is sounding off about something and the president is not aligned with that, uh, that creates an opportunity for, like, you know, the folks in in power over Russia and and Putin to regard the the nation's leader as weak or weakened by uh, being out of step with people, and that's an opportunity uh, that someone like Putin would exploit. And so you want to believe that you're helping by raising the profile of the case, but the visibility can also work to make things more dangerous and more costly and, and higher stakes. And when it comes to the diplomacy.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, the narrative has different impacts on everybody and, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Some of it, I mean, I, my bra- I'm just going back I'm in my mind, I'm having flashbacks to like October of, of, 2020 (laughs) and i'm like wait like or september 2020 um because uh yeah they fell out of step with the the public uh kind of from the jump um it was it's anticipatory that like there's it's just going to be a continuous dissonance with this white house um i don't i want speaking of parasocial relationships politics like I don't even know we have no time to really unpack any of that, but heavens, yeah. Uh yeah, and Brittany I um uh, have there been any updates or is she just sentenced and stuck there on some like broke down palace shit?
0: Yeah, the the last I heard was the, the sentencing um and you know, facing nine years. I, I think her Partner is is pursuing like a law degree now and
1: holy shit yeah
0: I think we are waiting to see what's next wow but you know I I I just think the stakes have been raised for for both Britney's oh my um, god yeah. yeah um because they are the amount of publicity that their respective cases received. Um, has put them in two very different positions, and I, I think that in some ways, Britney Spears is enjoying a new kind of freedom on her own terms, whereas Britney Griner is silenced and waiting for a dysfunctional system to exact its its penalties.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems as though I've not heard anybody try to justify or defend keeping Brittany Griner incarcerated. It seems like the public is in alignment for the most part. (laughs) Anybody I talk to is like, damn, that sucks. You know, even people who don't smoke or have anything to do with weed or would think that it's not a cool thing for athletes who are role models to blah, 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 or whatever their thing would be. I've not heard anybody say anything uh, outside of damn, that sucks. And I hope that she gets out of there. Um, but with Britney Spears, it's quite the opposite. There's a lot of discord and dissonance within the community that's paying attention about whether or not things should even be public at all with her. For me, I think that the type of abuse, I've seen her her family structure's abuse play out dozens and dozens, if not hundreds or possibly thousands of times. Like It's something that's so familiar to me that I'm like, oh, they are doing it like this. Oh, he's one of those. Oh, she's one of that. Like, it's not even foreign to me. So for me, where I come from, I know that you can't push the narrative forward into the right. You can't align things unless you involve people who it's, quote unquote, none of their business. You simply have to air out the dirty laundry to get somewhere. You have to lift up the carpet, open up the closet and let all the skeletons out because the narrative that's oppositional is there are no skeletons in the closet. What carpet? You know, it's like, uh, in order to move anything forward, you could only have so many conversations in a vacuum like that. But the opening up of it to the public, I've even heard people saying it's, she shouldn't have said this or that. I can't believe she feels these ways. This shouldn't even be publicized at all. Therefore, my opinion isn't something that should exist. And there I'm talking anyway.
0: Well, that, that the public consensus is that it sucks for Brittany Griner and that she should be out. I do think that there's at least folks on the right who feel like the plight of a, a Black or, you know, a, a queer person of color is not a national priority, is not something that the president should be advocating around. Um, those, and, people and that though, point,
1: like, those people that would just as soon um, have us all put in re-education camps are killed on site. like. They're they're the quiet part people that shouldn't be talking at all. But sorry, go on
0: with Britney. I do I do with Britney Spears. Um, I do feel like there are also folks who are saying this is a system that protected you, and your recent outbursts are evidence of fact uh, of the fact that the system was working. Hmm. Um, just both of the systems kind of requiring a silence for uh, a, a silence on a, a silence during the suffering mm. that that doesn't ease up once we are exposed to the nature of the suffering.
1: It just transforms and tries to justify itself. Even for it turns into it turns into woe is us. We're the real victims. It turns into uh oh. What contracts can I get to do a distraction show that's going to get the mu-? At jamie lynn spears's new reality show is one of the most terrifying things i've ever seen come out of society i do not understand it it's making me have nightmares beverly mitchell being a part of it from seventh heaven like lucy the middle child from seventh who the fuck is still thinking about her the type of people the audience that's going to draw in and then i'm hearing all these little uh, leftist pop culture analyzers being like i can't wait to see jamie lynn spears get punished and i'm like Do you have a BDSM kink? Because that's an inappropriate and irresponsible way to use your platform to encourage your fan base when you have like 100,000 followers to watch the show on Fox of all places that's about special forces energy being applied to celebrities who already talk too much. Like, I don't know what to even say about that. It's a crazy nightmare of a production. Unreal. Like, But that's the kind of Mm -hmm. shit that people are going to do. They're going to escalate to try and uh, over the Britney took all the power back and she keeps doing that in these little pockets. And so the attempts, britney Spears took all the power back. So the attempts to figure out how to even be a human being in that world, where they're, they're like, you know, they've just got such a low percentage of attention and of that low percentage of attention, a very heavy amount of that is people criticizing, ridiculing and shaming them for their behavior and the stupid things they're saying to justify it along the way. Uh, but yeah, the desperate attempt to stay relevant—that kind of what's it—a swan's cry or whatever energy. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: I'm really interested in this special forces premise as mm-hmm. a mode of like social penalty, social penalty for stars that we're exhausted with. <laughs> I, okay.
1: What did like, Beverly this... Mitchell do to you? <laughs> Beverly Mitchell. Well, to... <laughs>
0: Kenya Moore's in there. And I know that people want to punish her for her behavior. Cause I'm familiar with the okay. Housewives franchise.
1: Um, Montel, Montel Jordan's in there too, sir. <laughs> <That's>... I, <laughs>
0: I think they describe him as like former pastor Montel Jordan or something. Like it's not even.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's correct.
0: Um, so there, there are pun- penalties that the nation needs to exact for
1: that too. I, I imagine. Oh man, um, my concern is that they can mobilize their fan bases and each other's fan bases with a half of a soundbite in the wake of Hunger Games and Squid Game and whatever. Like it's like, it seems like it fits on brand with that shit. But I think it's an opportunity. The way they're all talking about it after filming. Like Jamie Lynn's literally like, these are lifelong bonds that I built with these people, and I'm so glad that I did this show. She's so, and like, I can't believe that I kept secrets all this time. I was like, just d- dying under the gag orders, and I'm so glad that like marketing phases have moved into I get to post about this now or whatever. Um, so I'm not seeing evidence of it being actual punishment or anything besides uh, fetishizing the military. Um, I mean, that's the
0: thing. Like, it's it's not a punishment, as in like them being deplatformed, mm. but it is a performance of punishment, right? Like the um, mm. like the, the fantasy that the American government could step in and by subjecting your least favorite reality star to the treatment that they subject our cadets to, <laughs> um, you know, we somehow get to experience that vicarious satisfaction of seeing. You know these these men and women suffer and struggle to do with our what our finest and bravest soldiers uh, must do every day. do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like this like sport washing sports washing <laughs> thing that's going on like an attempt to to um, rehabilitate uh the the reputation of someone we're all exhausted with in implicating the U.S. military in you know be, in, in that process, it's a really weird formulation. But yeah. fascinating.
1: yeah, I mean, it's like paintball or like you know, I don't know, squirt guns or whatever. Like, I don't, I really don't know. It's yeah, imitation, um, imitation in its lowest form. I just like, I don't I mean, know, it's, like, it's more like.
0: Um, uh, wrestling, like WWF, like this.
1: Oh, kayfabe. You know,
0: hyper, hyper, like real, like this huh. inflated, over-inflated kind of Disney eyes version of conflict yeah. that gives us some kind of catharsis, but ultimately is is not as costly as it should be for the play. Well, I mean, it's costly in different ways. I don't know. Like, it's, mm. it's not as exacting in in terms of the social penalties that we want to reap, but. Uh, Hmm. But it, well, we do get to watch them struggle, even if it's a performance.
1: I get, I think they all became proud of themselves in the end. And I think it was facilitated to be that way. I think they, they, oh. they're they facing their fears. They're growing. I mean, really, going through a boot camp evolves people. It doesn't matter who you are. If you make it through that, even if you fail, even if you end up getting hurt and you can't complete it, you can do programming to be like, I'm proud of myself for trying. And then those experience of extremeness, give you a um, like an elite an internalized elitism and this is I've had to really work on myself with all the actual real struggling and suffering and like alienation and doing it alone and all this stuff I have been so high and mighty on my healing and like wh- I'm so strong after whatever or like you know all the things that uh, disproportionately None of it's, I mean, it's real, but it's not true. Like a lot of people go through stuff that alienates them psychologically from their peers or their community or whatever. Um, And so what I'm seeing is like a a calculated um, emboldening of these people. Like I think Jamie Lynn seems like she's in better mental health after having done this show than before. And that really upsets me because I was watching her be punished in real life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean to be. She just would flutter into my radar in like a, a you know, just kind of decrepit. Oh, like everyone's judging me, and I'm like, I'll do another interview, I guess. Good Morning America, will you have me back on? Um, I'm
0: hoping to hear what her fluttering sound like. So thank you for indulging me.
1: <laughs> <yeah>. I mean, <laughs> she's a she's she's quite a fucking waffle. Um, <laughs> I, uh, she. I mean, she was trying to speak for the whole family for a little while, and then she was like, "Well, let me distance myself from the family." And like, I. It's funny because when people have so much power and they're used to manipulating, th- and I'm not even talking about her. I'm talking mostly about Lou Taylor or like whatever. It doesn't matter who the handler is or what the brand is that they're trying to handle, uh, or it, like a para brand, I guess. Like the Spears family would be a para brand to Britney Spears or something like that. Um. So Lou Taylor having to transfer her energy from trying to manage the narrative of the brand, to the para brand, makes it it's like hurting cats and conducting a symphony at the same time. Um, and so I feel like I've been watching people try to do something impossible for a long time, and they're still it's it's all it's impossible. It's notably impossible. They feel like it's impossible, but they think if they just huddle up and believe in it so much. That if like if we keep repeat repeating ourselves, people will forget that they had their own ideas and they'll just get on board with whatever we're saying, sort of stuff. Yeah. So I I don't. It seems like that's not working anymore, and they're branching out to like, well, what can we do to just engender making that parasocial relationship as stimulated as possible for as many people as will, uh, you. Know, I mean, the type of people that are gonna really watch this show, not ironically, or to just sort yeah, of see TV. people get you know, fucked with or whatever. Like there's there's a the Venn diagram of people that have been out uh yelling about JFK being resurrected and the Venn diagram of people that are gonna watch this show because they really, really want that content is a complete circle. That's
0: hmm. Well, I, I think the the element of the hate watch is such an important mm. social phenomena.
1: I would bet yeah. this show has more hate watchers than earnest watchers. This
0: yeah, because I mean, if you look at the cast, it's not American favorites, right? Like, not that they're like all degenerates. I don't want to characterize. I was wondering
1: in- where Beverly Mitchell was just last week. I was like, la- where has Beverly Mitchell been anyway? Um, sorry.
0: But when you trot out Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> <with James laughs> Spice Girl, Mel B, and Kenya Moore. No, that was so weird. Like you're looking for the hate watch, right? Like, you're balancing the hate watch against these characters' authentic attempts to repair their tarnished reputations and, and
1: rightfully tarnished in, in most cases. Yo, I, well, and I, I, was, mean- I was trying to figure out why Mel B was on this list, and you saying that, I think I remember something happening that pushed her out of, like my soft spot or whatever, but I can't remember what or maybe yeah, it
0: like campaign because she was, uh, just appeared on the circle on Netflix. So it seems that, you know, th- there's a longer reality campaign that she's undergoing or, or, or maybe I give her too much credit. Maybe it's just about keeping a check coming in, but, um, hmm. uh, the other, other folks definitely seem to be laundering their reputations. Um, and that's why I use that word "sports washing," and the sport being the American military. But I um, I, I hold this up against shows like The Masked Singer, mm-hmm. where where you're showing this masked individual as talented first, and then there's a reveal: oh, this this masked personality that I fell in love and voted for is actually Rudy Giuliani. Wow. Um, And so, you know, what happened in that show is that the judges um, eked out a bit of autonomy and and agency for themselves and said, I'm uncomfortable with this reveal. I'm walking off. And that's what happened when America's least favorite mayor, Giuliani, um, was revealed. But I
1: I hadn't heard anything about that. And the hair on the back of my neck just stood up. I got so excited. That's I might even just I think I have to watch that show now.
0: So it's, it's what made me start it's it's what started me thinking about reality show appearances as a form of sports washing mm-hmm. um because you know he was definitely on a tour to to launder his public reputation and it's important that you know it was a kind of environment where judges could stand up and walk out of recording whereas this this new format of this overproduced Special Forces, we're at a, you know, remote location. We, have, you know, we have you sequestered in a way. Like, I think that it raises the production values in ways that those kind of objections and that kind of real-time accountability can't be a factor. So it's easier, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get folks to sign going to it because there's not going to be a moment where, you know, their drill sergeant is going to say, oh, no. Jamie Lee Spears is just too intolerable, or Anthony Scaramucci just does not deserve, you know, the time and attention of the American public. There's no right. voice yeah. or presence like that in the show as produced as Special Forces.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Hmm. Gosh. Everything's changing. There's so much different shit happening right now. It's weird how different things are, but still the exact. Same. Like nothing has changed at all. Um hmm. it really Did you didn't... ever watch Survivor? A little bit, I did.
0: I never um I never got into it, but I think I was in grad school when it came out because I remember or maybe undergrad actually, um uh, one of my professors describing it as this kind of Disneyized version of, of the wilderness or of the wild. Mm -hmm. Um, and that there's a, there's a reason that there's an appetite for that in the American public. Like there's a reason, uh, there's a, some kind of cultural, you know, impulse that makes us ask how well we could brave the elements and how entertaining it is to see folks who are ill-equipped culturally to do so, um, you know, suffer through that for our entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, but I think that it, you know, with each passing year and each you know new iteration of reality competitions, it gets a little, a, a lot less real. And so, you know, the sets become a little more pl- uh, plastic and fabricated, the, the stakes are different, like are they're, they're either elevated to where, oh, now we're naked and afraid, mm-hmm. or, you know, or now, you know, we're only in the wilderness for a half hour, but it's made to look like, you know, a week.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. but i'm I'm just
0: interested in how reality um t- television continues to produce ways for us to see ourselves um undergo the 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 oldest battles between you know man versus nature mm. in this case hmm. but also with the you know under the guise of the you know american military
1: <laughs> right, we will see it's coming out soon. Can't believe I'm plugging it on my show. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We anyway. see, we watching, but we will be hating from afar watching how America watches. Heavens to Betsy, we will. <laughs> my goodness. All right. You got anything to plug?
0: Um, what am I plugging? There is an amazing show on Broadway right now called A Strange Loop. Ooh. It is uh a black queer protagonist writing a show about a black queer protagonist who's writing a show about a black protagonist. And that loop is strange and it's liberatory and it's challenging um, and, and challenging us to think through issues of homophobia in our faith community, issues of racial fetishism in our queer communities. Issues of you know the white normative gaze over determining the cultural products in 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 black creative spaces. Um, it's doing all that work and it's winning all the awards. And I'm encouraging all my friends
1: to see it. Wow, definitely. We'll look into that. Thanks. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Anything else?
0: Um, what else can I plug? I hate to miss an opportunity. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> um no well stay tuned for the inevitable uh global ascent of my nephew camden coley yeah. uh, camden coley c-a-m-d-e-n coley a c-o-l-e-y he's camden coley on social media yes but yeah he's, he's he's black boy joy and that deserves to be amplified
1: absolutely that is definitely something to plug thank you so much for coming and chatting with me again i missed you thank you I for love having you,
0: me dude. it's always a pleasure we have so much more to talk about so i know it's not the last
1: time oh yeah no definitely definitely uh we'll be doing this again now that i've got my uh my recording in my literally mobile and virtual studio down on lock i'm gonna start booking more
0: yes stabilize then agitate <laughs>
1: yeah cool <laughs> thank you i love you love you Okay, thank you for listening. And thanks again to Dr. Larry Lyons for coming on and talking about Paris Society, the entertainment industry, and being in relationship with each other on this planet that's ultimately the point of everything that i'm getting into is figuring out how to connect with the people i'm sharing this earth with um and i'm here really to to humanize celebrities and celebrate humans like it really is it's pretty simple to me a lot of work to do but not a huge deal that said i'd like to thank our listeners and sponsors and members We would be absolutely nothing without y'all. You are the wind in my sails. I also want to encourage you to go check out Camden Coley on anything that he is in. Who knows what else is coming out by the time you've heard this. Dr. Larry Lyons and his debut in television well in fiction television because he's actually been on Fox Soul before check out Dr. Larry Lyons on The Best Man, The Final Chapters and whatever else he happens to be in by the time you hear this as well Stay tuned for part two of this episode, which is the first half of the conversation that you just heard the second half of. And on that note, I am your host, Shift Orion. You can go to goodmorningmayberry.com. You can find our social media. You can find my social media all on goodmorningmayberry.com. And as always, you can call us anytime at 415 420 Thank you very much. And always remember to never forget.
0: What we do know is that like, humans are now used as beacons in these campaigns. Like human personalities Mm. are the new billboards and they may or may not have a flicker of humanity, but they're used to draw us inward toward a product. Mm. But I am not suspicious of the fact that we respond to it. I'm not suspicious of the fact that we still want to connect in a variety of ways and increasingly ways that we want to control ourselves. Right So you know we're no longer only beholden to the tyranny of our blood relations and the houses that we go to for holidays, but we can also now be mistreated by brands and human beacons mm. which wow. it may not be progress, but you know it honors the complexity <laughs> of
1: humanity. And how. But then when you get there and find out that they only put that language out as incentive to get you to run and stand on top of their trapdoor, the way that a heart breaks when it realizes it's not being really authentically seen, I don't think that's any different in a personal relationship or a corporate relationship or whatever it is. Like your heart breaks, your heart breaks. you <laughs> feel unseen you feel unseen like then you have to start doing more with that information it's not like it just stopped the idea of that things are only going to go as far as i want them to go with this manipulation how dare you evolve to understand what i was doing to you and come up with being a different way so that i can't just prey upon your desire to have just a conversation like just like regular like when you say something to somebody people come up with agreements so that we know where we are we we come up with labels for each other so that we know who we are and so for anybody, whether that's a company, a celebrity, a brand, manager, PR people that have them so tightly wrapped around their finger or in fear that a glass house is going to fall onto them. And maybe it started from a position of authenticity. Enough, enough, is, enough is enough, I enough, think. Enough, 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 enough. I don't know, though. So. Good Morning Mayberry is brought to you by Amass Studio LLC. L-L-C. 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 L-L-C.